I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, Francis. Jamie. Uh, would you ever have an affair? Uh, obviously not. No, be honest. Okay, if you were married, would you have an affair? No. Why are you asking that? Well, obviously you would. No, obviously I wouldn't have an affair. I've just been watching a TV show called The Affair. It's on, like, Now TV, and you can watch every episode with the Now TV Entertainment Pass. And you're getting some ideas about that? No, I'm not getting ideas. I just love Ruth Wilson, who's in it. You love ruthless affairs on your <laughs> loved one? No, I'm freaking happy, thank you very much. Well, you're in your first flush of romance, aren't you? Okay, well, look, I'm just saying we're actually kind of past it now because instead of all that, we're kind of like cuddling on the sofa watching box sets and things like that. I guess it's a good thing you've got the Now TV subscription then, isn't it? Exactly. And I'm so excited to go home now because I can watch Boardwalk Empire, Sex and the City Dexter. Like, they've actually got over 300 box sets on there. How are you supposed to get through all that? Francis. Yeah? When we go on tour, I might be a little bit lonely. Um... In what way? Will you? I don't know where this is going, Jamie. Watch box sets on Now TV with me. Which one? Billions. I do love Damien Lewis. And how about cuddling? Don't push it. Oh, what's up, people? Um, hey, how you doing? Um, so I'm just going to be talking to you because I'm going to swear fucking Francis is not here. He he he's doing something else, and so. We've got another episode without him, which is cool, though, because I'm way better at hosting than he is. He kind of sits and gives little jibes. Oh, Jamie this, Jamie that. He's probably like reading a book or plucking his nipples. You know, he plucks his nipple hair. He also, whenever he takes a shit, he has to take all of his clothes off. How weird is that? What if he goes and has a date? Like He has to take all of his clothes off and take a poo. Very weird. Anyway, sorry, I feel bad that I'm bad-mouthing Francis when he's not here. Um, But today on the podcast, we have Amelia de Moldenberg. Now, Amelia is a young, very talented YouTuber, comedian, uh, scriptwriter. I mean, she is so many different things. She studied at Central St. Martins, um, and she's probably best known for Chicken Shop Date. So if you're a YouTube fan and you've watched that series, it's basically where she takes different people on a date in a chicken shop. And mainly they're kind of rappers. They're kind of hip hop artists or or garage artists or music in the music industry. Um, and she plays this amazing person who it kind of just is a bit like awkward on the date. And so I'm kind of excited to find out if she's going to be awkward on our date. Not that it's a date. We're not having a date, but like it's kind of a date. It's in the diary, which basically means it's a date. It's not like it's not a romantic date. It's just more a date. Not the one that you eat, though. Anyway. I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Amelia de Moldenberg for Private Parts. Clap, Jamie. Okay, we're in. Beautiful. I don't want to give anyone the clap. That wouldn't be good. Sorry. That was a silly joke, that wasn't was it? It's a hard to get it. <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's because you, you didn't get it. That's no, what... I didn't get it. Yeah. And then I got it. Okay, well, just you... now. Okay, well, good. Well, you, you actually it's just bit... got it. No, I didn't I give it to you. So <laughs> you can't... Listen. No, 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 I don't have the clap. <laughs> What a way to start our podcast. Good. I'm glad you don't have the clap because Pete, on the other hand, you riddled with the clap. Also, can we just understand that you just were, I mean, that was a, that was a hassle to get ready just then, wasn't it? No, it, it wasn't. It's just 
the, the microphones are like this weight of a small like dinosaur. So wait, so the so the weight of the microphone made the, it to no, and also I was just a bit further. No, I'm going to sound like I'm being nothing hey. happened. Hey, well no, I just sat down. You you asked to put the pillow under it. It just didn't work. <laughs> I did not ask. The feng shui was off. I did not ask to put a pillow you underneath did. you. No, I did. No, you did. You didn't look ridiculous. Wait, also hang on. Did you just say feng shui? Feng shui. <laughs> it's not feng shui. Feng shui. Feng shui. That's what I said. No, you went. Oh, feng shui. you went the feng shui. Can we start from the beginning? Again? Yeah. Let's Let's just start again. Hey, I tell you what. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Private Parts Podcast. This is where we read the most intimate and sordid details of our lives. Hey, I'm very excited to announce because we have Amelia de Moldenberg. Hello. What's up? What's up? I think we need to start off one thing. Okay, this is the your surname is a tricky motherfucker to understand. <laughs> I feel like it is. I feel like if someone reads it, they, how do they it's, pronounce your surname a lot of the it's time? It's phonetic. It's literally phonetic. It's Dim Oldenburg, Dim Old Enberg. So you just have to read it. Yes, but I feel like it's it's like it's like Dutch or something like that. Yeah, I don't know where it's from. My dad's Jewish and okay. that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> About him. <laughs> <laughs> No so, so is it? So it's a it's a Jewish, it's Jewish. name. I'm Jewish. You're Jewish. I I I went. <laughs> I'm out. not Jewish. Do you, but your father's Jewish. Yeah, I, I just did a joke, but you didn't get it. I'm Jewish. No, Jewish. I I I got that oh, as well. Right, yeah. That was very much like my clap joke at the beginning that you <laughs> didn't get either. <laughs> the banter is rolling, everyone. Um, mm. hey, listen, we got to start things off basically because uh, you have one of I'm going to be honest, my favourite. YouTube kind of thing. like it's a YouTube series, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, that is so nice of you to and say. I, and I'm not saying this. So Amelia and I first met, and Pete's here, by the way. So I haven't even introduced you yet. We're missing Francis today, but we're going to get into in a second. But we, I, we, <laughs> we're going to get into that. In a we're going to get into that in a little bit. We, I was up in Edinburgh uh, for Edinburgh Festival, and I was at this YouTube party, and it had <laughs> Russell Kane kind of like doing things and all this kind of stuff. And Amelia, you were sitting there. And you were sitting about for three seats away from me. God, it's yeah. creepy that I wear this. You were wearing... Yeah, a, yeah, I was wearing a beige yeah. jumpsuit. And the, the <laughs> weird thing was, you know, as I saw her from her window, she was going to wear a big... <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> as I was stalking you over... She smelt amazing. <laughs> Yeah, she changes perfume occasionally, but <laughs> that is actually the worst thing. Do you ever get that when you have on like on Facebook? So when you fancy a guy or a girl, and you sort of been sort of stalking them, Facebook, <laughs> that's literally what it is. You've been stalking them, and you know exactly what like bikini they wore last year, and or you have like to pretend that you don't. Yeah, you and you have to pretend yeah. you don't. But we we met at this YouTube event, a uh, yeah. YouTube party, and you were sitting there. And I thought was literally like, God, I think this girl's great. I really want to go inside her. And so I suddenly went, okay, I'm just going to do it. So I walked up to you and said, hi, Amelia, big fan. And you went, okay. And I went, Wait, okay. do you not remember this? Yeah, I didn't say, okay. Okay. Wait, what? Yeah, you were really diverish. No, <laughs> you, were like, no, you were so nice. What did you say? I said, I'm such a big fan of you. Yeah, I didn't want to put that in there in case you, you like forgot that you oh, said right. that. So that was a setup. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. Setup. I'm such a big fan of you and Made in Chelsea. Like, I can't believe I'm on this podcast. It's so cool. No, no, no. I see. Well, this is where it becomes so great. It's, it's it's likewise the other way around because your your YouTube series is 
freaking so great. And I kind of want to get into it because you went to, you went to Central St. Martins. Yeah, for uni. For uni. And what were you studying there? I was studying fashion journalism. And I also went and did the foundation there. So as soon as I left school, I went to school in London. And then I did the art foundation at St. Martins, which is in a different building. And Sweet. Which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun fact. It's Just, a different yeah. Not, yeah. Not funny, but interesting. So <laughs> In case which you is, wanted the blueprint. Which of- is now a block of flats they've shut down. Um, it's really sad. So basically... Anyway, so yes... <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I went to university. I'm but but educated. why? So but so this is the thing. So you wanted you wanted to be a journalist, or what was it? So the story start from the beginning. The story mm-hmm. begins when I basically got an email through from my IT teacher when I was in sixth form about this um, youth club in Northwest London, near where I'm from, in Royal Oak, and they basically made a magazine, and it was like anyone could go under tw- if you were under 21. Not anyone, and um, you could write about <laughs> anyone. Anyone, anyone. Go. you get some really weird old yeah, yeah, What I thought anyone <laughs> could go to this. <laughs> you could go. You have to be under twenty-one. Um, <laughs> Make that really clear. And live in Westminster. So basically, we. Um, so they made a magazine, and yeah. you could write about <laughs> whatever you wanted. Sick, but it had to be. Music, <laughs> culture. <laughs> you can be any age, yeah, whatever yeah. you want. But you've got to be under 21. To be fair, you could pretty much write about whatever you wanted, but everyone there was like super into music and specifically okay. rap music and UK rap and grind. And obviously, as a huge McFly fan at the time, I wasn't as in 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 into the music, but I yeah. wanted to get to know it. Also, just so I could be part of the conversation, everyone was talking about it and I literally... Didn't know what didn't know what to say, so I was like, I need to interview these people. That could but be is my is way that in. because you wanted to fit in, or what was it? Because you actually just thought this is going to be an interesting like like topic to face. Because I I'm going to be the sort of listener or, or like the, the the person who who I'm going to be the audience in a sense because I know nothing about it. Well, I've always been interested in thing as like a, as a journalist, I'm interested in pe- people that I don't know anything about or worlds that I don't know anything about because I want to understand, I want to educate myself, I want to learn about them and their music and now I'm like a huge fan I feel like from starting off as someone who didn't really know about the music I've now be- like totally become like so you're obsessed. now fully in it but is that because <laughs> but being being a journalist right but I, I don't I just don't think I would call you a journalist I just I maybe no, I feel okay basically I don't really know what I am doing oh hey um, <laughs> preaching to the <laughs> choir over here what no idea it, what do you do when you get to that point you know when like you said it's, it's like, a dinner party when someone goes so what do you do and I'm like well uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go to the toilet and <laughs> just um, I'm just gonna go to the toilet and take a shit and, uh, leave this part of but the conversation do you know when you get when you get like this you're sitting on the flight and you get those you're flying to like normally it's to anywhere outside the eu so like if you're flying to america and they give you one of those cards and it says hey can you just fill out this card so you can just like do whatever oh, yeah. and it gets to your occupation Dang, i did that yesterday i had to do that yesterday i i always i always go entrepreneur, entrepreneur. and i can never spell it so it's always, <laughs> it's always entree yeah. what do you put yeah i would well, yesterday i was come back no day before yesterday i was come, come back from morocco and you have to f- fill out a landing card and I put writer which edgy 
It is edgy. <laughs> so I was like, if I put journalists, not going to let me in. Because they think I'm uncovering some kind of story. Who um, though, Fuzzy? Who are you trying to impress? No, I don't like, know. Exactly. You're, I was you... like, it changes every time. I think before it was like YouTuber. And now it's like writer. Are you <laughs> hoping that when you get to the border and the border control look at it, they're going to go, oh. <laughs> and you're going to go, oh. yep, yep, I am. I'm a, a very um, <laughs> successful novelist. <laughs> You may have read some of my books. <laughs> but so, so because I, I think, the, do you know what? This is my personal opinion. And this is to, to no offence with anyone out there who, who's a journalist. I feel like journalists, they're, they're going to take offence, <laughs> aren't they? No, yeah, well, I, just, I feel like for some reason, journalists have a, um, a slightly odd kind of ring to it for something. Because I think it, it's, like, it's not the same as this. But if you say to someone, you go, oh, I'm a footballer. People automatically associate you with something which possibly isn't true, Football. right? Well, yeah, they, they do. They actually they, they, immediately. They yeah. immediately. Oh right, that guy must be uh, good at football. <laughs> but you Such know that they they have some of I suppose yeah, what do you mean? Like they go negative they like connotations, going, yeah. yeah. And I think for sometimes a journalist can have that as well, or is that just yeah. me thinking it? I think maybe you've had some tough times in the press. It depends. No. Not really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> no. Um, I feel like it's it's either. It's two-sided because obviously there are some journalists out there that are like out to get the story and yeah. they'll do whatever they want. Um, and that's what I mean, right? Do, yeah, and that, that, that's like the negative side of it. And obviously like with the Leveson inquiry and everything that was happening there, like that's awful and that's like terrible, bad practice of journalism. And a lot of people have like had really bad experiences with the press. However, there's this other side to it, um, which is what I'm really interested in, which is about like, sharing stories of other people and finding those stories and giving other people a platform to speak and then there's the other side which is like investigative journalism mm -hmm. which is it which is incredible and um but 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 tough as well right because yeah. you, you have to that's when you have to separate yourself from that kind of like empathetic way that you if you're if you're uncovering and going deep into things you really have to sort of that's a prime example of this is my job I have to separate myself yeah. from it right yeah well I interviewed when I was um interning at Vice I was writing articles for them and one of the things I I interviewed um a investigative journalist called Heather Brooks and she basically uncovered the expenses scandal um with the MPs mm. that happened a few years ago just uh, for the listeners who obviously don't understand oh. that because uh, I obviously do uh, why don't you quickly update them all on on the that little bit <laughs> oh right sorry yeah, yeah for the listeners um the expenses scandal was basically a scandal to do with MPs expenses they were claiming expenses yeah, yeah, yeah. on things that they shouldn't be uh, like whole other houses that's what obviously it was. MP yeah MPs get a list of ex things they can expense like anyone mm -hmm. in a in any job but they were putting stuff on their expenses that they shouldn't have been so anyway this journalist Heather Brooks she was one of the people who uncovered the fact that all these MPs were putting things they shouldn't be on their expenses and basically wasting tons of taxpayers money how did she find this out well she it was like took her so so long and she was well, I interviewed her so long ago, so I can't fully remember, but she it was with her and help of the Times, the Times of London, the newspaper. But she basically got her hands on some documents, which 
showed that this was what was what was happening. What she suddenly like picked them up was like holy no, shit. She, 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 <laughs> yeah. she found it at a USB. No, I think it was a USB somewhere. She she managed she to get, US- no, she managed <laughs> to get her hands on these documents after a lot of investigating and finding out that there was something suspicious going on. I thought you literally meant she <laughs> went and she, she, she found the USB on the bus. She found the USB on the street. She's like fucking hell. What is this? I'm going to be a journalist. She found a floppy disk. She's like fucking hell. Actually maybe it was a floppy disk. I feel like I remember I telling you. It was it was, floppy disk or a USB. It was not a floppy disk. It <laughs> wasn't that long ago. <laughs> like Something happened and she she found, found stuff out. But basically she said, which is what stuck with me when I was interviewing her, that the public will never, ever be as interested in the story as you are. And it yeah. will nearly always just, you know, be, what was it? Tomorrow's chip paper. Yes. So that's that, that's hard. I think as a journalist is like you've been working on something so for so long, and you think you've really like you're showing like the good in society or the bad in society, and then you put it out there, and someone just scrolls past it and then looks at a video of a cat. But 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 isn't that isn't that just life? Okay, fine. Prime example, right? So you this is why my parents growing up were always like you gotta give like thank you letters because it's so important because you get people who invite you to their houses and they throw you a party or whatever it is and you drink all that this is this is a really this is it's uncanny how close this comparison is yeah <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah but you do you go to these people's houses, they throw you a party and things like that and at the end of it you don't say thank you just walk away because you you haven't spent the money you don't care about it you just enjoyed the all of it right so do you see for, for my birthday in year eight i um had a 60s and 70s party sick and um (laughs) what what you find stress so my 13th birthday was 60s themed and um i actually did thank you letters to everyone for coming you did no you didn't no you didn't no you didn't and i got bullied for so long afterwards i think that the um for giving the the notes out they were all personalized with a photo of them that had been taken from no no, you're lying. Oh my god! Yeah, so I god. know a lot about thank you letters. But did you did you always have goodie bags at the end of it? Or oh no? yeah, you did. Yeah. What is the sixties and seventies? Was it like 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 it was just housewives and like <laughs> like housewives and like businessmen going to like jobs? Is that like a... yeah, exactly. That was basically what it was. Businessmen going to jobs. Um, and a DJ that we found from the Yellow Pages. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> How do you find that? <laughs> from the yellow pages of, I remember specifically going up to him and asking him to play um, Mika, yeah, yeah, and Grace Kelly, which is yeah, like yeah, number yeah. one at the time. He was like, "Do I have that?" And I was like, "But it's number one." How <laughs> <laughs> do you not have it? It's so funny. It's the shockness of it. It's still in your voice. But it's number one. How do you, how do you not have it? You fucking idiot. So he was about 50 years old. I bet he could. Oh, God. How old are you? You must have been, what, 16? I was 13. You were 13? He, he, what a creepy old man to literally go to a 13 year old birthday and play music. But he must have gone on there and said, DJ. This show is weird. <laughs> Like wearing like be- like bonnets in our hair, not yeah, bonnets, like yeah, our yeah. hair back combed and like. And suddenly everyone realised it was the worst <laughs> theme that they ever come across. At that age, it's yeah. like, oh, cops and robbers. Like, let's go. Oh my god, I know. Let's go as like the Beach and my Boys. You know, dad, saying, my dad, my dad. <laughs> Crying. Actually crying. Had a mocktail stand. <laughs> 
pineapple juice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. That is freaking, but I can't believe at your age, 13 <laughs> years old, you thought the best party theme was going to be the 60s and 70s. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah. Oh my oh, lord. lord. Okay, wait, hang so you, so you're, you're being a journalist, you're doing all these kind of things, and you're at I'm Central. You're not really being a journalist. You're not really being a journalist, journalist, but you, but you, but you were, and this was your passion, right? And you, you love, as you said before, your passion kind of behind it was like to discover like people and their interests and what drives them forward and you yeah. and you were you just and that's probably how I, I suppose were you good at school or did you how did you learn like average huh? at school okay. but I was like very very interested in doing every extracurricular activity that was there as possible oh so you were one of the cool kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much god if so, there is a astrology class I, I am, am coming <laughs> I am there oh. so I was literally in every single club like and the youth club as well was like an example of like I didn't have to do that is that because you just didn't want to go home <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I just didn't want to go home hey everyone we're going to come back with private parts in just one second just after this I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Whew, there we go. Now let's get back into it. So you thought, I got to learn all these different things and learn about all these people because then that's going to make me get no, a good job. Or what was no, it? No, never like to be smarter or like anything. It was more like... Um, I wanted to, I've always wanted to like create content that was like, that people enjoyed and yeah. like was amusing. And like, I've always f had like humor running through like everything I've done, even when I was at school, like on and extracurricular projects. And I've always just wanted to like make people laugh and like mm -hmm. put out content that's funny. So I feel like with everything I've done and with what I was trying to do, um, with the, youth club and the magazine was like to be making something that was like entertaining because i suppose that really was that and that's also a bit of a niche like probably not that many people would doing that in that kind of way you're being you're doing everything with like a touch of humor at like yeah. that like young age everyone's trying I to think because that that's not cool in a sense right but i feel like it's so it's so obvious when you're at school that like the person who makes everyone laugh is like gets the attention of the room agreed and so like I feel like from a young age like I I knew that like when I was at when I start, started secondary school like I didn't have that many friends and like mainly because I was the library assistant at school and I was <laughs> chose to spend my breaks and my lunch in the library returning <laughs> books constantly <laughs> oh, returning books okay um, and I was also an IT scholar <laughs> so oh my god <laughs> And I went I went to a state school, so there wasn't any like paid for scholarship. So all that happened was like you wore a gold tie and everyone else wore a green tie. So you just took it out as like a nerd. You were just you just you just like like you just were well, you stood out. You were you yeah. were sort of put on a pedestal yeah. of being a nerd. And I used to pretend that I was a drama scholar. But then Pretend. people would find me out. She's not a drama scholar. She's an IT scholar. Yeah. And I'm Look like, at her tie. Look at <laughs> her gold tie. Yeah. But I almost congratulate. I think that's pretty epic because I suppose. But did you, were you, were you not worried about like, 
fitting in or did you want to fit in or what was it like in a sense? Well, I always like, I always thought because I didn't have that many friends when I was starting off at school, like I realised that like, oh, I told a joke or like, oh, I did something funny and then people like wanted to hang out with me. Yeah. So I was like, great. Okay, cool. Let's carry this on. And so I feel like I've always been awkward and played off that and like, um, I've been able to like, I don't know, connect with people because, but through making them laugh. Yeah, but also I think it's because, um, because I don't think you, you're, even though, even though, and this is how we, this is just a lovely segue. I mean, this segue is going to be absolutely, it's going to be like a train going <laughs> through a tunnel. I can't wait. But it's true. Your, your awkwardness that you sort of portray in a sense, especially in a chicken shop date, almost makes it, more comfortable for the person to sit with you I feel yeah. and so and so perhaps that's what you're in life and I you know I, yeah, I I met you when we were at YouTube and we you were meeting now but you are a very comfortable person to be around and perhaps that what drew people then towards you because you were comfortable you were very funny and you're all these kind of things and nothing but the other thing is is that I had I was the same as you where I realized that making people laugh got me attention yeah and then I became obsessed which you probably didn't know with, <laughs> with attention with attention <laughs> you probably never knew that but I am obsessed with it <laughs> it's like a drug I, see, I just can't but then I had the issue where which we spoke of this again uh, on another podcast but then it almost became me where I always then had to have the center of attention right and and that became an issue for me has that ever become an issue with you or no well I don't know people have to ask my friends but um I don't think no I don't I don't feel like I need to be the center of attention I just know that like what my strengths are and that I can but that's been incredibly self-aware right so you're yeah. just really self-aware yeah but yeah I think I am really self-aware maybe too much so but I feel but yeah no I've never sort of wanted to be like the center of attention all the time but um I don't know maybe I maybe I, maybe I do. but then the thing is right but then the thing is that so you're doing this so you're at Central St Martin's you're doing all this kind of piece and you want to make funny content and then yeah. you decide to start making this series correct yeah because I just think that like if you can if you can make someone laugh like they're gonna like it I couldn't agree like, more so I just thought well why isn't everything always really funny? But but that like I was just I'm just not interested in making stuff that's really earnest. Like it cringes me out. Um, I, I like I like agree. watching I like watching serious things, and I know and I like like watching earnest stuff. But me myself, like maybe it's also like from growing up and like in school, like and the friends I made when I was like um, a bit older that you they'd rip you apart if you like did anything sincere yeah like it, it's just too same it's same just same cringe. and that's the kind of thing that i grew yeah, up with so so like and, i think and, and, i think that um yeah carry on second, sorry i'm just getting this website no, brainy quote no 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 because no, no, i just wanted to i wanted to it's where I go to for all my quotes. <laughs> so, no, but it's true. But I wanted to just, before you continue, just catch the thing about humour, which I completely agree with. Making people laugh is uh, the, not, a, just it's the most amazing thing because you you make other people happy, you make yourself happy and everyone has a good time. And and there's a great movie called Patch Adams. Have you ever seen it with Robin Williams? No, but I love Robin Williams. Oh my God, you have I to watch. I need to watch it. Oh, you've never, have you ever watched Pete? Of course. Oh, I've but never watched it. Oh my God. I mean, it's basically Patch Adams' is a true story about um, uh, a physician in America who set up the first 
like like the first time, like the NHS in in the UK, but the equivalent in America, where he gave free healthcare to people, <clears throat> and he kind of did it illegally ish, didn't he? he? Sort of did it illegally yeah. type thing, and it's about him and the way he did it, he did it through humor, and he says one of his quotes is, "There's loads, and I can't find the exact one, but one of them is, uh, humor is the antidote to all ills, mm. and it is so true. Yeah. It, it really does, yeah, yeah. and and humor as well. I think humor, music, and magic." I really do. I think man can connect anyone from anywhere in the world, and that's the thing that maybe that should be my next project. (sighs) Doing magic, doing magic, magic show. But then, but then you, but what I want to get you would then wanted to set up the series. How did that happen? How did you start setting things up with Chicken Shop Day? Well, so I was like, I think more it was like I wanted to interview musicians. I was really interested in music, and then you'd ask the group who should I interview? And then they suggest loads of different rappers. So that's how it kind of started that I would go and meet um, you like UK rap stars. But at the beginning, they were just people's friends, like friends of friends who had like put out a mixtape or something. But from the beginning, I knew that I wanted it to be, to have humor, to be funny, to not just be like a regular interview. I was really bored of listening and reading um, the same kind of, what are your musical influences? I can agree And more. those kind of things. And I feel like, pop world had finished and pop world pop world with simon amstel which is like such a big inspiration for for me and chicken shop date and he would really pop world with simon amstel channel four on on saturday mornings it was amazing it was so good you love it wait what the hell happened and then then alexa chung took over and then basically it was makita oliver and simon amstel to begin with and they basically sort of would art would get um, musicians on there and they would ask them ridiculous questions and they'd like be like very sarcastic and tongue-in-cheek and they just like have a laugh with them and it would be really unique and entertaining and funny and it normalizes them right Completely, yeah like, and, like humanize totally them. humanizes them and like that's what like i like doing in chicken shop date too so i kind of wanted it to have that feel and then um i thought that a date would be a great way to do an interview like as a format and then I think someone said oh you should go um, to make it funnier you should go on a date where you would never go on a date mm-hmm. and so chicken shop and so that's how it kind of happened yeah because you would never go on a date to a chicken shop but now I go on them all the time it's the only place I go but is it <laughs> is it the thing what I find interesting is that firstly so you you started making this, this channel then when did it start to pick up because you, you're now the guests that you are getting are freaking huge. Like, you're getting some big names. Oh, yeah, we've got Sean Paul. Yeah, which is insane. I know. I heard that he was a fan, like, a year ago. And so I was tr- been trying to get him Isn't on. that mad? I know, it's oh, crazy. It's so crazy. But because I've been... It's weird, but because I've been doing it since I was, like, 17. And, like, now I'm 24. So, whatever. You, Jamie, you do the maths. Yeah, that's, like, um, five years ago. Is, and, it, what is, it, is it five? No, it's seven. Seven, seven years. years ago. But now I'm I should like, have taken your extra curricular class. Yeah, I'm kind of like, yeah, we've got Sean Paul. About time. Like, we've done. I know what I'm you like, mean. I'm doing, like, do you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, because I've been, tr- like, trying so hard. I just remember back in the day when I could not get anybody on. And, like, it was so hard. And I'd be, like, emailing PRs, emailing managers, like, going back and forth for, like, months and months. And, like, I still do that now. But, like, it's so, it is amazing when you get those big artists on and it seems, and it seems, but then you think, oh, wow, well, it's, 
But it's insane. But also, but it's it's down to you and your content. Your content's freaking brilliant. Like, and and it's it really, really, really is. And and it's it's so clever the way it's done. And it, but also, I I I generally read that these things like hard work pays off in the end. And the fact that you were doing this all yourself, you were emailing the PR, you were doing these kind of things the entire time, and then it starts to pay off. You know, in the end, right? Yeah. And what when you were sending emails to like the PR people, what what would you say to them? Would you be like, hey, I've got this like channel here we go i've got well no because first it started off as a column in a magazine in the magazine so i'd write write up the interviews and then my friend would take photos and that was just i don't even know why people would even like come on it honestly like now i'm shocked when i'm looking back because it is pretty bizarre yeah but it's no it's funny it's good yeah, no, but like the concept is bizarre but then but basically I, uh, I want to go on a date yeah. with your client yeah, to, in a, a chicken, chicken shop. shop. Right, cool. But then I think a lot of PRs and management were like, this is different. This is interesting. This is something that's not, we haven't been done before. Mm. Like when, um, so then Getz was the first filmed interview and it took me quite a while to like pluck up the courage to like actually film them because I was like, oh no, like what if it's not, it's not going to be good enough to let all this stuff. And then I was, and then I was interning um, on a, on a music video, like being a runner. And I met some camera guys and then I asked them, oh, I've got this idea. Like, would you mind filming it? They're like, yeah, we'll bring our kit. We'll come film. We'll film it for you. And yeah, then, that's amazing, right? So generous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he actually, at the time, they like looked after the kit for like a big um, kit house. Kit house yeah. And they were, they let the people who work there take it after hours. Um, and so we'd film like normally like on Monday, Tuesday, like after 8 p.m. And um, before, at the beginning, I didn't used to shut the shop, which is actually quite annoying because we'd have to like stop every time someone would come in, but I couldn't afford to shut it. So we just had to like stop filming like all the time. And it was like really embarrassing for like the artist. Wait, you had to, you had to, you had to pay for to keep the shop open? No, to like be there. The oh, you had, to, you had to, you had to, you had to. Well, now I it. do, yeah. But before I just didn't have the cash to do that. Yeah. Um, so we just have to like beg, oh, please, can you just like put a sign out and like just make sure that like minimal Got customers it. come in. Did you, did you ever though, did you ever have like things like, because <laughs> it, it's hard when you haven't, especially like someone like these artists coming in. What, do you ever get that time where you're literally like, oh God, I'm going to have to interview these people and it could be awkward and oh God and this and that. Or do you just like, you just go like, fine, you just jump into character and you're in. Yeah. I kind of just jump into character because like, yeah, it's also it's it's meant to be awkward so like it's so, mm. so i've got that luxury like if they think i'm like a, if they think yeah. i'm a freak it and it's weird it's and genius. it's really awkward, it is genius because i'm like cool well when well, this is going in the edit um <laughs> so, like it doesn't have to flow because that's where the humor comes from because it's like an anti-interview it's like it's i wanted to make like the antithesis of what an interview should be and like and and so yeah that's basically it but i'm now banned from the chicken shop in farringdon because why well because it does actually now a thai restaurant so hang on yeah yeah but, um, they lost that so yeah but, but um because because there was a queue outside of people because the cameras like were backing up onto the door so they no one could get in and there was like a queue of people and then they were like you've you've like disrupted our business so much like you could never come back here again and i was like oh, okay. yeah, so, oh, let's go to one of the other 20 million ones so you turned you turned a chicken shop into a Thai restaurant, you, I mean, you, you yeah. sent them under. No, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, right, everyone. Uh, Amelia, you could stick around for part two, right, aren't you? Well, you're going to have to, because otherwise we, yeah, yeah stick okay. around for part two. <laughs> sticking around. You're sticking around. Yeah, I mean, can't go anywhere, can I? No, we've locked the doors. Locked the doors. Uh, stick around for part two, guys. We've still got Amelia and loads more stories. Pete, say something cool. Thank you. 
Wicked. 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 Wicked.